What is up, guys? RLTK Podcast. Jordan here with Chris. What up, what up? John. Hello. And myself, obviously. Hello, mate. That was me English accent for Jordan. Give me a cup of tea, mate. <laughs> <laughs> y'all just y'all both just ambushed me. <laughs> oh bloody mate. <laughs> Crikey. Wait, no, that's, <laughs> that's Australian. What's wrong with you? Crikey. Well, I mean I mean we did exile those guys, right? So Okay, okay. I guess we shipped them off, you know, so that counts. I guess they're us. Uh, oh man. But anyways, thanks for that. Thanks for making fun of me. No it's all good. <laughs> Let you know we love you. Hey, it's all, all good. Love, we let you guys go in the, <laughs> the lost in the calling. in the war, you know. Yeah, <laughs> so it's all good. We were we were tired and bored of y'all, so okay. we we sent you off. Right. But anyways, excited to talk about today's topic. Yes, um, man. you know, traditionally we have engaged in high schools, and that's where we've been doing the majority of our work um, for the past couple of years. But coming out of COVID, we've had the privilege of really starting to engage in the middle school world, mm-hmm. um, which is vastly different way different than the high school world and so we wanted to take some time today right now on this podcast to have that conversation about middle schoolers because they're fascinating and uh, there's a lot of beauty there a lot of joy a lot of hope and so um we just want to take some time to kind of dialogue about that a little bit so my first question for you guys is what are you seeing in middle school gen z's that we should know about them Mm. Well, I mean, I don't know if people don't know this, <laughs> but I will say the things that have been coming to me as we've been engaging with middle schoolers is I was just gripped with this idea. And, and, and you know, I was in middle school before, but I never thought about <laughs> my middle school years. <laughs> I guess those are the years I probably try to put behind me, I guess, now that I think about it. But um, yeah, I think what I'm discovering is, you know, they look big and they look like teenagers. That's when they first start growing. And so I think it's really easy to lump, you know, 13-year-olds in with 18-year-olds. And I think there's a lot of development that happens in those five years Mm. that is, you can't lump them all together. So there is a reason, and I think that's my biggest takeaway is don't forget their kids. And I think that that's been, Mm. when I, when I, what I mean by kids is they're not really teenagers yet. Mm. They are teenagers, but they haven't began to think like teenagers think in terms of like pessimism, um, maybe even in terms of like experience and like heartbreak and things like that. Mm. So what I've found with middle schoolers is just like all other, you know, maybe they're not Gen Z or young Gen Z's. I don't know. But, you know, there's they're still knowledgeable because they have the phones and the Internet the same way. But they seem to be funnier to me for some reason because (laughs) Just the way that they say things when, you know, like when a little kid says something that's knowledgeable and it's funny, mm-hmm. you know, I think that that's the thing that I've, I've found with, with some of these middle schoolers, it's actually been quite pleasant because they'll say things in such a way that's like very assertive and knowledgeable, but it comes off a bit humorous because it's like, this is a very young person speaking like this, but you can even tell in the way they say things, it's like, um, an optimism hmm. and maybe even a little bit of ignorance in there. But but it's beautiful. But it's beautiful. Yeah. Because you can tell that there's uh, a purity. And mm. so I think that that would be the thing that I would say is that that opportunity to have a significant, meaningful impact that isn't, well, I'm in your life now because I'm your coach or, you know, I'm in your life now because I'm your teacher or whatever those, you know, relationships of, you know, like they, you have to have that relationship because that person's your parent, your teacher, whatever. Like 
if you want to be in a, a young person's life and have impact, you can still do that because they're not aware of that dynamic. Well, you're in my life because you have to be. Mm. Like, I don't think they're thinking like that the same way I've found with teenagers before, yeah. where you got to really press in. You yeah, really they're like checking yourself. you out. Yeah. You got to really prove yourself. What I've found is like, if you show up and you have fun and you, you express that you're interested in them, they'll express that right back to you. So I've had like lots of fun uh, hanging out with middle schoolers. I'd say like, if I were to do work with middle schoolers, I'd probably be happy all the time because they are just full of energy and funny and <laughs> silly and happy, you know? Yeah, that's good. Yeah. I think with me is just, uh, just to go back off what you were saying, like, they're kids, mm-hmm. you know, and um, so open to stuff, you know, uh, open minded, man. Yeah. I mean, they're more receptive. One hundred percent. It's not like they don't see the problems and it, it's not like sometimes they can't articulate what they feel. Right. But they're just more open mm. and they're not closed-minded like teenagers are there mm-hmm. it's like that rebellious stage hasn't kicked in yet ah that's a good way to put it <laughs> you know what i'm saying and so they're more open to influence open to influence and playful you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying let's talk a little bit and let's go play exactly you know what i'm saying that play moment is the most crucial moment is because you're bonding with them mm-hmm. in that area it's like you're building a house building it's put this bricks mm-hmm. the playful is this bricks that's how i see it yeah when i play with gents with uh middle schoolers basketball mm-hmm. i feel like i'm building a house with them yeah you know what i'm saying and so uh that's what i'm seeing in middle school is that that's a good point you no know? yeah because play is so important, right? I mean, we grow up and we still play. We change how we play. We play video games, you mm-hmm. know. But there's grown men still playing. Yeah. You know? So Guilty. Play, right? Play, but that's my point. Play is so important. And when you grow up, you forget to play. Who was the, what was that quote that basically, who was it from that said, if you want to get to know somebody, play a game with them? Ah, I yes. can't remember who it was. I, nothing like playing Uno to show you your kid's personality traits. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Bro, like my, Isaiah was playing Candyland with his mom the other day. Yeah. And uh, she was beating him or like he got stuck in a hole or something. And he literally slapped his uh, his character off the board to the other side of the room. <laughs> He's like, I won't play no more. That's I'm hilarious. like, bro, what are you doing? He's like, well... I got stuck in a hole. I'm like, well, that's not how the game works. But like you said, right? Like, yeah, kids be getting salty, and and, what, and once again, like, uh, you know, playing a game can expose to you different parts of people's yeah. characteristics, right? And how they uh, respond to different types of things. Yeah, and also innocence. Like, yes, there's a sense of innocence in middle schoolers. Like, they make me better. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. Being around yeah. their innocence, it reminds me like. Oh, yeah, this is what it was like to be young. No, for real. It's interesting, It feels bro. good, doesn't it? If it's interesting because it's like a uh, it's, it's a mental change mm-hmm. in, in middle schoolers and high schoolers. Mm-hmm. In middle schoolers, like, things can probably happen to them, and they can't really process what just happened to them. Right. But then it's like, but you can still see that innocence inside of them. But it's like when, when it comes to high schoolers, older ten- teenagers, it's like, they get offended. They get offended. Little, they yeah. shut off. It's like that. Re- it's, Middle man, schoolers it's don't crazy. know they ought to be offended. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Looking at you all funny. That's really good. Yeah. And so that's yeah. that's what I'm noticing, man. It's just that innocence is still there. And it's good. like it's and we need to understand that. 
Do you guys you know? think that it's because I'm thinking about the transition between middle school and high school? Because obviously, you know, you what you're a freshman, you're 15, right? 14. So everything before that is middle school, you know, so you're like what? Middle school is like what? 10, 11, 12, 13? Yeah, 6th, 7th, and 8th, right? So, so it's like I always get the grades mixed up because I'm from England and we like graduate 12, high school at 16. Probably like somewhere between 12 and 14. Yeah, so like that's middle school, right? Yeah. So like you said, they're teenagers, but very early teenagers, and you almost, yes. almost don't consider that they're teenagers. Mm. Do you think it's like the social structure of the school that changes things? Because like, like you said, in middle school it seems to be – fun all these different types of things and then you go to high school just like now you're worried about being popular now you're worried about playing on certain types of teams and being in parts of certain uh friend groups and different things like that so is that what changes a middle schooler do you think do you think there's other things at play i think puberty kicks in yeah. okay in ways that it doesn't yes yeah. okay i'd say that's the biggest thing okay it's, um it's actually funny because uh <laughs> one of the reasons we started meeting with the middle schoolers was for that very reason mm. because um, you know, just helping them to figure out and fill in the blanks of some of the things that they don't really understand, but mm. they're speaking but, on. Yeah, still you saying. Know what I mean, yeah. And so, and this goes back to what Chris was saying, the innocence thing, right? Mm. Like people can say things and they're innocent when they say it, but they heard their friends say it. So they repeat it, you know, and then someone who's in a position of, of authority assumes that the person saying it like means the, the same, same thing, thing they would mean. Exactly. And so I think that that's where middle school happens, right? Like you learn harsh lessons because mm. everyone expects you to be grown up, but you're still not grown up. And no yeah. one treats you like a kid, really. Like it's that, it's, that, it's that limbo place that you go, like you said, before you get And up. if you're a big middle schooler and you know you look mature, exactly, you might get thrown exactly. into some things. And exactly. And that's my point. We forget their kids, mm. right? And, 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 and this is what we were saying about play, and this is probably what I've noticed the most with them. It's almost like, if you're not going to spend the time to play with me, why would I listen to you? Mm. And I think that's the thing we're saying, like, play first. Because that's, I, I would say that's the thing with middle schoolers. It's that, again, what's more childish than, or I say childish, not in a silly way, but like part of being a child is the love of play. Yeah. You know, and when we grow and up, unfortunately, we unfortunately, we lose that when we grow up and we exact, shouldn't. Exactly. It's part of what makes us human. Mm -hmm. mm. You know, we were watching a, a, a show the other day and this woman was talking to this guy and she's like, oh, that's great. You're getting a, a full grown man who gets play, paid to play a game. Is that upset about his life? <laughs> yeah, <that was laughs> You funny. know what I mean? <laughs> and so it's like, that's the truth. I mean, to be honest, those of us who love play have to be exceptional, continue to do it for their life. Yeah, to get paid for it. And have to be an athlete or something or like that. Or an entertainer or something. Or an, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or really good at podcasting. Or whatever. So keep, so right? keep listening <laughs> so we can play for a living. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I think that's the big thing, right? And, and when you grow up and you become a teenager, mm. things so aren't Those playful. things go away. Yeah. Or maybe the realities of what it means to exist in this world. And that was your question, right, on structure. I, yeah. I do think that things, you know, you don't get recess anymore mm. in high school. And you don't get... Um, you know, nap time. <laughs> I don't know if you get nap time in middle school, but you know, the things that happen I know in what elementary you mean. and whatnot, there yeah, are I know what you mean. like ways. You start to move away from these things you mm -hmm. get taught. Mm -hmm. And you know, now you're getting told to grow up. Yes. You should exactly. grow up. Exactly. You know? Yeah, so what are some stories or moments that you guys can think of um, as you've been spending time with middle schoolers that have had like profound impact on you mm. and like why? Mm. That's a great question. There have been so many stories. I think uh, the difficult question is to figure out which one's the best. 
Hmm. And I'll just go with the most recent. Uh, this past time we were meeting with uh, the middle schoolers, we were we were talking about just different things like what upsets you and you know wh- who are the we were talking about um, respect and um, we were saying um, whose respect do you want to have and whose respect matters to you because that's one of the things of, of growing up right is you want to be respected you want people to to look at you and think positive thoughts and basically what we were trying to get to is like um, do you feel like your parents respect you and this one young man uh, said no uh, and we kind of got into that, and the reason for that is that he he had several parents in his life, mm. and you could see the brokenness when he said that that he was like searching for one of them or any of them to come up in his mind as the person whom you know he wanted their respect, and so I could see the the conflict inside of him. Mm. And later on, the question came up, like, you know, if you could fix anything about your family life, uh, what would you fix? And this same kid goes, I'd have a dad. And it just hit me really hard, like, man, like, the role of a man in a, a young person's life, and, and, and I'm not trying to be, you know, like, I know that there's been a lot of stuff with me too and things like that, but a father and the place that he he plays in a young especially i mean in the middle schoolers that we meet with are all boys by the way and so uh yeah man it just i realized how important it is for men to i mean he was telling me how important it is of of, of a father to have a father in your life and it it was like hmm he's already recognized this as a middle schooler how is that gonna impact him Hmm. you know moving forward and i could like i could literally see the pain on his face when he said it Hmm. and i didn't have anything to say to him you know i just heard him say that and uh i was like wow man that's deep i was like anybody else and we just kind of moved on from it but it just hit me like this is why mentorship is so important this is why just me being there i felt in that moment was so important because like i was thinking like who are the men in this young man's life Mm. that are getting him to have these conversations. Mm. And so, yeah, man, really, really impactful. Hmm. Yeah, I think uh, I think for me, one is really just one particular kid. Uh, you could tell he grows up in a rough neighborhood because he looks rough. <laughs> and particularly sometimes in rough neighborhoods, you have to be tough. You got you to gotta wear a mask. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, one one time I was wearing uh, some shoes and he was trying to call me out on them. And he just posted up with me like he wanted to box me. I was like, <laughs> all right, then cool. I'll get out there. You ain't the first one that tried me, you know? Right. And so we got out there and post up like we was about to box. And we just almost wrestled a little bit. And just what it showed me was that, you know, like you just want someone to connect with. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like previous times before uh he sat on the other side but this particular moment he sat right next to me mm. you know what i'm saying so and like it wasn't was, a conversation it, it was play it was play and so it and uh we just it's like there was an an unspeakable connection mm. right then That's and good there. and so but you felt it i felt it and then the next day the next time we showed up you know what i'm saying we played basketball together all of us yeah and so that's something that's like it's it's 
it's crazy, man. Like sometimes you ain't got to apply words. Yeah. You know, just, just be present, just to be present and willing to play because we're so focused. on. It's like what middle schoolers can teach us. You don't have to be mature all the, all the time. True. You know what I'm saying? Facts. <laughs> Quit trying to be so mature yeah. and enjoy life. Like, yeah. like Jordan was saying, was like, enjoy life, man. I think mm -hmm. middle schoolers enjoy life. True. You know, and like uh, I think mm -hmm. of uh, I heard a story of I don't know if you heard of Bert Kreischer. He's a comedian mm -hmm. and he was talking about his little girl getting her period for the first time oh, and she looked at daddy and was like i don't want to be a big girl and mm. i want to i want to do that because she realized mm. that something she, responsibility is about to come in her life mm. and she doesn't want that she wants to be that kid and i think middle schools remind us man you can still man, have that's fun. such a great point now you like how much of that's happening you know that that's that awkward tra transition yeah. right now mm -hmm. well you're a woman now yep you got your cycle yeah but she doesn't some of these some of these young men too they're yeah. big they yeah. look like mm -hmm. <laughs> they're bigger than me <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. but they're kids yeah you know mm -hmm. that's a great point we put so much responsibility on them when they're just 14. yeah you know and it's that saying? it's that transitional period too right like wherever transitions happen you mm. know like when, whenever two materials like in welding are joined together mm -hmm. like that's the weakest point yeah the transition point is the mm. weakest point right and it's deep yeah and so it's like this is, I think, middle. What I'm even feeling now, just as we're talking, it's almost like middle school should be the focus. Mm. You know, we should yeah. really, because that's almost like, I won't say the last opportunity, but mm -hmm. one of the the last most effective opportunities. It's where we can lose them. Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah. What it's you, where we can lose them. What do you mean? Like, explain that a little bit. Um, well, like you said, transition point. Right, it's the weakest point. And I think if we don't help them transition well from what it means to be a child that just goes to school, takes naps, gets their food, to now this person who's coming of age and experiencing puberty, experiencing uh, emotions now towards the opposite sex or maybe the same sex. Yes. Mm, yeah. uh, and then all the different challenges. Like I remember what it was like to have like crushes on your teachers. 100. You know what I'm saying? I remember what it was like everybody's trying to chase the same girl down you know yep. what i'm saying you're you know and, and in middle school it's like you date a girl for a week and then you break up and then you right. date somebody else for two weeks and then you you know what i'm saying yeah. yep and so like all those different types of things happen and obviously we know in this day and age it looks very different yes technological engagement the solicitation of um Minor. you know yeah. yeah and all those different types of things you know explicit pictures awesome. and so on yeah. and so forth um so it's just a different world i think hmm. like the word that comes to mind for me is grief like, what does it look like for us to help young people grieve the fact that they're growing up? Mm. Because I think we look at grief as such a terrible thing, but I, I think it's just a part of what it means to be human. And as we progress, as we leave one thing mm. and move to the next, what does it look like to be sad about the fact that you're no longer an elementary school kid who does all this stuff, but now you're moving into becoming a teenager and your life's going to look completely different and then moving into college, so on and so forth. And I think what's mm. ha what happens is we like almost in these kids' most vulnerable moment, like you said, that transition point, we can almost reject them mm. instead of walking through that with them. Because as you're saying that like a girl with her period or a kid coming of age when it comes to puberty, we're not really sitting with them in that 
and helping them process through it as much as we are just quickly moving them on to, well, now you're a man, so now you got to do mm-hmm. this, this, and this, or now you're a woman, so you got to do this, this, and this. you got to be careful with that. Now we got to get you on birth control or whatever, and now we got to, you know, wow. here's son, here's some condoms. And I'm not saying, like, true. I'm not saying that's what you should or shouldn't do. I'm just saying I know that those are conversations no, right. my, fr- my friends had or I had. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Uh, and so we just moved kids so quickly past what they're experiencing in that moment and the fear that they might be experiencing, the pain they might be experiencing, mm-hmm. the confusion, right? Mm-hmm. And then add the all the other variables. Is mom and dad at home? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Is it, you know, is it mom and mom? Is it dad and dad? Yeah. You know yep, what I'm saying? Like exactly. all those different dynamics that make things so much different. Like yeah. do they have good relationships with their teachers? Yeah. Do they have a bunch of friends at school? Mm-hmm. Are they playing sports or not? Yep. You know, like all those things matter in terms of the complexity of what it means to engage that particular middle school or at that mm-hmm. particular moment with whatever it is that they're experiencing. And mm-hmm. so like, it, it makes me think of a, a situation that I had, uh, early on in my ministry career. Uh, and it was one of those eye opening moments for me where I dealt with this guy and, uh, he was like, do you realize that every time you mm. separate people into guys with guys and girls with girls, you're literally putting me into a temptation situation because this young man was gay. Um, and I never, ever, ever even thought about that. It's true. A- ever. And what it, what it, what it made me realize is that there's a whole group of people that I just have had zero research and zero thought on how to consider them. Mm-hmm. And it was just one of those things for me. I was like, man, how many more holes do I have in my life of, of being able to help people in this regard? But, uh, yeah, man, that's a really great point. We haven't talked to, we haven't been taught to be curious right yeah we haven't been taught to, to ask questions and once again snap that off. and that's the thing because and like, to make blanket blanket decisions we're less right. monolithic now than we've ever been yes just think about that you know what i'm saying like we're more diverse in uh socioeconomics uh culture ethnicity sexuality um like food preferences like we're, yeah. we're so diverse in so many different things now true and like for right or wrong however you view that it's true mm-hmm. so now more than ever you have to like get to know individuals yeah. and what they want you can't just make assumptions yeah. about uh you know what they like and what they don't like and what they're about and what they're not about because it it will bite you in the butt man man that's a great point it will really bite you in the butt true. and so mm-hmm. i think we can do that with middle schoolers, particularly because they're young and innocent, right? Which yeah. we see that, but then we're missing all the stuff that's happened to them, all the things that they may have experienced, all the things that they may have watched online, all the things that may be going on in their home life and that they've learned as a consequence. Mm. And then we just like blanketly put things on them. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Instead of entering into their world and discovering what's really going on, discovering how they need to be connected with, discovering. Mm what they really desire, you know what I'm saying? Discovering what they're really about and what they want to be about and how we can help guide them and lead them, right? Yeah. And so we just can't forget that. And like like you said, they're a very complicated juncture, arguably one of the most complex junctures that anybody is at during the course of their life, which is like you're transitioning, like really transitioning like to become an adult. It's yeah. that moment where like you really transition from being a child and you're coming up to adulthood now and you're thinking about all that stuff you're thinking about relationships you're thinking about you know what i'm saying like all that stuff starts to come like how confusing is that your body's growing your body's changing you're growing hair in weird weird places (laughs) 
yeah. you're starting to have emotions for people you know what i'm saying yeah like your voice is changing yeah like yeah. dude yeah, your the, face looks how totally scary different. is how scary is that? Yeah. Or you got acne breaking out. Yeah, man, there's just so many. It's an awkward. It's like you can literally leave for summer holiday and come back a completely different person. That's what they were saying about COVID. That when the teachers uh, had dismissed several of the kids that they were kids, and when they came back, they were like adults, and they're like, "Whoa." Hmm. It's true though, but we forget that, don't we? Shock to the I system. I mean, we go through the same thing, but we forget that. Hmm. Hmm. And so, yeah, like I said originally, grief. I think if we maybe we got to help these kids grieve that transition, mm. Mm. would that be helpful? What do you guys think? Do you think that would be helpful? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, just you saying that, it was, to be honest, challenging me to think through it. Well, is that really grief? You know, that was the first thing I thought. But I think it is. You know, there's a, this is why they make the Peter Pan movies, you know? Mm. Uh, and this is why Peter Pan goes and visits kids in orphanages, you know what I mean? And rescues them and brings them to Neverland to free them from the terrible nature of what the world actually is. So, yeah, man, I mean, I think there is a grief in childhood because you realize that all families aren't the same, you know? Um, and I think in middle school, right, when you're in elementary, you start playing with kids and, and no one can tell the difference a kid is a kid. But in middle school, oh, what are those, mm-hmm. right? Uh, how come you don't have these clothes? Or how come you, like all of a sudden things, you start to recognize, you start to recognize who the athletes are, who the pretty ones are, who the rich ones are. So all this stuff that has the potential to, to be things that make us popular or things that make us a prick start to come out. You know what I mean? Mm. And which of those things kind of get, characters are formed you know yeah which one of those things kind of get get um Mm. promoted Hmm. and so i think that sometimes there can even be a grief in a young person i think this is really making me think because they chose one friend group over another for popularity Mm. and then later on you realize man i wish i could go back to who i was in middle school before i got convinced to be this person you get what I'm saying? Well, I've heard a lot of kids talk about that transition and like losing all their friends or going yep. to a different school from the, the, yep. the, the, the school that their friends are going to and yep. how painful that was for them. Yep. Especially if you're a kid. Or the same school. Yeah. To the same school, right? Like, it's crazy. It's interesting, So, man. yeah, gr- I think you're right. I think grief is serious. Hmm. I, I, it's interesting because the question that I'm trying to answer in my mind, I guess I'll put it out here, is like, what do we teach them? Or do they need to be taught? Or like mm. we teach like, them that we're still kids it's, too. It's it's because oh, like good. true. It's like people I heard like uh a woman she was talking about uh, I think it was on TikTok, she was talking about she's discovering a way to tell the truth in a comical way. Mm. You know what I'm saying? That's the, good. the new way to tell truth is through humor. Yeah. And so I think with kids with middle schoolers the best way to tell them how the world work is through story and humor mm. you know what i'm saying not through yeah. sit down and lecture and like <laughs> like how we like it I, I don't know about y'all but i like to sit down and be lectured to i don't know i don't know why i just i like that but for kids it's like their attention span is short the parable that they don't want to uh they don't want to uh they don't want to sit down and be lectured to they just want to have fun so is there a way that we can teach them through humor? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like like entering their world and, and things of that nature. Because I don't know. 
I try to because like okay I'm still trying this is a very good point and very I mean uh, it's a very good question because um, I mean I'm not a I'm not a parent but I, I just dealing with kids and try to help them process through information and life experiences and their own personal experiences and trying to understand what identity is and yep. what is the right does different all these different desires it's like it's like uh do we let them live their lives and let them make mistakes and run to us or do we uh enter in their world and walk with them right join a TikTok, make a TikTok account and make TikToks with them <laughs> you know what i'm saying or do we go to the park with them or because yeah. it's it's such a confused because this is the time where they want to separate from their parents and go be with their friends without their parents because they know mom and dad's gonna get them if they do something mm -hmm. they don't, that mom and dad don't like uh mm -hmm. But they still want mom and dad. That's true. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm -hmm. They want mom and dad, but they don't. You know, that's the point. There's this there's this give and take part. That's a good point. It's and just, that grief thing is that's a that's a deep point because I just think about I think about all of the things from my middle school. I mean, you're making me think of my middle school journey. And uh, I think you're right, man. There's a lot of sadness that comes because you lose friends, because things transition, you start to realize things before. And what you're saying, you know, do you, how much of it is prevention versus just, you know, sitting in there with them. And I think part of it is the sitting, you can't really prevent those things. Kids are going to get hurt. Yeah. You know, can you really ever stop all the pain from a kid's life? Right, right. But mm -hmm. <laughs> sitting with them in their grief, sharing stories of you know man something similar happened to me one time mm. you know relating you know um mm -hmm. showing that you understand and this is one thing we've been saying to the middle school boys we say we've been seventh graders you've never been a grown man mm. and it just works every time you know this goes back to one of our previous podcasts we were talking about the the need for experience and when you have experience and you have wisdom it gives you it gives you credibility mm -hmm. you know hmm. but that's what i mean if they're grieving and you sit with them in their grief and you share stories of times when you grieved and overcame and overcame it'll pass yep and i'm not just gonna say it'll pass and walk away but i'm gonna say it'll pass and sit with you in it yeah so, so share your own personal stories of grief don't necessarily need the lecture i think it's helpful which leads me to my next question. How should an influencer go about connecting with a middle schooler? Like what have you guys learned that is helpful for building relationships with middle schoolers that lets yeah. them tell you the things that they're telling you? Because obviously they're telling you guys like really deep things about themselves. And they're doing it in a group setting too. So they're not just telling you, yes. they're telling all these other guys as well. I think it's, uh, I think it's play. Repetition, <laughs> consistency. Yeah. I think it's. I think it's that man. It's just simply that. Uh, um, I don't want to make it complex and hard to understand. I think being consistent in their lives and just be willing to have fun with them will do more of an impact in that in that age than anything else. I think uh, I lost my train of thought, man. But that. That's what I that's what I see is that like here we go. So 
in our in our, in, in the the group of boys that we visit, there's two different lifestyles in that group. Yep. There's kids that are in poor neighborhoods and there's kids that are in rich neighborhoods. And we talk about all the time how can we get them to connect. And I think like the kids just open up and just realize like one kid was like, Yeah, when I met this one kid I thought he was scary, but now I see that he's cool. You know what I'm saying? Getting yeah. the cool kids to ex- to accept the kids that aren't cool socially. Right? right. You get what I'm saying? Like making that bond with them and that's through donuts and fun. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Donuts exactly. and fun. That's what they all have in common. That's all. That's it. Yeah. That's true. It's donuts and having fun. And yeah. uh I mean the words that we speak may come later. But it stays with them. And I think it stays with them because that we're willing to just to have fun with them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It seems like you guys, just to, I guess, to make try and make it maybe a little bit more succinct because I hear what you're saying, Chris. Okay. It seems like you guys aren't trying to manufacture moments where you can speak into middle schoolers' lives. But more so, you're just present in play with them. And when those moments arise, you capitalize on those moments. Yeah, absolutely. Right? And so, because I think, once well, we again, have some what it can be like for an influencer is, oh, no, I've got to say this in this young person's life for whatever reason. Or perhaps there's this moment where this middle schooler has done something wrong. Mm-hmm. And that's the moment that I take to tighten the screw, so to speak, and let them know that they need to behave a particular type of way. Sure. Is that the best moment? I don't know. Yeah. I think the best moment I can think of is when you've built such a relationship that that person comes to you and lays their heart before your feet. Because yeah. that's that's just a completely different scenario. A scenario where a kid does something wrong and they're ashamed about it, and then you get, you get on them. Mm-hmm. How fruitful is that? I don't know. Uh, a situation where you basically just try and kick the door down and get it and tell them whatever you want to tell them. And you're saying it's for the sake of their souls. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how helpful that is. But when a kid comes to you because they trust you and believe you have their best interests at heart and tell you some stuff that's really going on in their lives and give you the opportunity to speak into it, I don't know if there's a better situation than that. Mm. And what you guys are saying is you've been able to create that with them just through play. Yeah. I mean, play. I'm not saying that there aren't times where we have conversations planned out when we talk with them. We do have time for conversation made. But I almost feel like play is one of those things where, you know, it just says you're into me. You're not into what you can tell me or teach me or, you know, get from me. Playing is just... And it's something you do together, right? Mm. And it really has been one of those things that I've felt since we started engaging middle school boys that is, it's not an issue of like, oh, this is necessary. But it's one of those things like, this is just what it means to be in middle school. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You you still want to play. You still want to, you know, act like a kid. And, and I think that that's the thing inside, right, they struggle with, am I a kid or am I a grown-up? And which one is right to be, mm. you know? And, and helping them, and this is what I said, you know, letting them know you never stop being a kid. And, you know, back to the Peter Pan thing, there's always this part of you as an adult that is drawn to play or drawn to adventure or drawn to irresponsibility or, or exploration or your imagination, whatever, right? And when you get older, sometimes you stop dreaming, you stop exploring, you just get into ruts, Mm. And so I think 
you know, yeah, that play is really important. But I think the question was asking, repeat the question for me one time. How should an influencer go about connecting with a Gen Z or yeah. I'm sorry, a middle schooler? Yeah, a middle schooler. And so I think obviously we're talking about the play, but the connection piece, this is the thing. And kind of bring this up because Chris brought up the point that there's two different dynamics in our group right now. There's kids who come from one side of the tracks and, and kids who come from another. And the thing that I'm finding in common with them is this kind of sadness over the relationship in their families. Hmm. However that may be, my dad's not there. You know what? Your dad not might, be, might not be there either because he's working all the time. Hmm. So whether you come from a broken home or a quote-unquote good home, what does that mean? Daddy's still out of the home. Hmm. And so the thing that I see right now as I'm dealing with these middle schoolers is it's still this desire for mom and dad. And, and you get what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's still like an emotional thing. Whereas when you get a little bit older teenagers, when I talk to them, it's almost this like my, my dumb parents, like they've already written them off. Hmm. Whereas in middle school, there's still this like, I want my mom and dad there. Hmm. You know what I mean? Hmm. Now I don't want them to drop me off at the movie theaters in front of all my friends. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I definitely want them to pick me up after because I don't know if I want to ride alone by myself with the cool 15, 16, 17-year-olds that I've just met. Mm. So there's this part that you want mom and dad there, but you don't. But that's what I'm getting at. You still want mom and dad. You get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, man, I think there's a lot of sensitivity when you're young to the way your parents interact with you when, you, when you're a middle schooler. And um, you still you still have that kind of sensitivity in your soul to how your parents are towards you. Mm. So that's one thing influencers, if you're wanting to connect, just be conscientious of that. Regardless of where a kid's from, it may not, they may not have that connection with their family that, that they want to have. Mm. That's good. What do middle schoolers need to know from influencers? What do they need from an influencer? What do they need from a pastor, a parent, teacher, coach? I know those are different roles, but just generally speaking, mm. what do you feel like these in, these middle schoolers need from you guys? Well, the one thing that hits me that I see real with me and Chris, we talk about it all the time, is just uh, the consistency. Hmm. Mm. Um, but I found with older teenagers, it's not just showing up consistently, but it's showing up and like having something to say. Whereas, you know, with middle schoolers, it's just, are you showing up? Hmm. Are you there? And so I think if you want to have an influence in a middle schooler's life, this is where I say it's still kind of low hanging fruit. I can tell by just us coming regularly that we've already built an affinity with these kids. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I, I guess that's, yeah, the consistency, mm. being consistent. And I think that that's, if, um, if anything, they need to know that we are, that the middle schoolers need to know that, like, we care about how to get into their lives. And so if, if they want to know anything about us or about an influencer, I guess it would say the number one thing for an influencer to know is, like, consistency matters. But for a young person that sees an influencer being consistent, Here's what they're telling you. You matter to me. Mm. And so I think that that's what 
I think that's what the... Uh, so it's more about what you do than what you say, most certainly. 100%. But I think that that's the thing, right? If, it, if, if a person is coming around your life and you're a young person, like, they're telling you, you matter to me. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yep. And so that's, that's kind of the, the thing I would say is that consistency is a, is a big deal and, and how that consistency communicates care. So it's kind of both sides of the coin. Oh, for me, it's uh, man, I'm 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 torn. And, and I guess I would say we're just as scared. <laughs> That's why I say consistency, right? Sorry to cut you off, no, Chris. Do, yeah, yeah. Like, because the question was, what do they need to know from from an influencer? From an influencer, yeah. we're just as scared as they are. Hmm. I mean, because we we don't want to mess them up, and we don't want them to think we don't care. And that's a, if you really care about a kid, I think that's the thing inside of you, right? Maybe they're worried about, oh, what's this guy going to say to me? But the influencer feels the same way. Man, can I make an impact? The nervousness. I like, I like how you said it's more what we do, not what we say. I think like a lot of times with teenagers, older teenagers, like you have to come with something to say. With kids, it's like if you show up, they already know what they want to do with you. Right. Right. Hey, let's do this. Do this. Let's just just play with me. Mm. With what I would say is that my life is real. Like when I share my life with mm. these with these boys, and I tell them like That's where I, where I come from, and how I have to, how it affected me. Like I tell them about how respect in my neighborhood came from fighting and not a conversation. Some of them boys shook their head because they understood what I meant. Yeah, and uh, I let them know in that moment my life is real, and I let them yeah. know how it affected me as a grown man. Mm. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. This is how that life affected me now, and mm. I, how I have to work on that now because I have people in my life that love me and want to be in my life, and I can't let that what affected that impact. I can't let it. I can't let it control me now. So one thing I let for them to know is that my life is real and I'm honest about that life uh, al along with that consistency you know what I'm saying but but if, if middle school needs to know anything is that my life is real man mm -hmm. like you may see me a couple of times out the week I may bring food and I may laugh but here's what it is behind the closed curtains you know what I'm saying like, I struggle I cry mm. I'm, I'm depressed I doubt <laughs> You know what I'm saying? And so, mm. yeah, man, that's what I'll say. Does that make sense? So yeah, 100 It does. Okay. It's good, bro. Yeah. That's good. It's really good. Whew. Okay. Another episode in the books. Mm -hmm. I really appreciate you guys sharing that stuff. Uh, I think it's really helpful. I think it's going to help some people out there, particularly who are influencing uh, younger Gen Zers, middle schoolers. Uh, just that concept to play, man, is just stuck in my mind. Play with them, mm. um, you know, be <laughs> consistent. And, like, you don't, you're right, you don't have to have all this good stuff to say. You just have to be present. Yeah. Well, as we always say, this is the beginning of the conversation, not the end. Uh, so you can jump on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. We got a bunch of YouTube videos. Um, if you want to continue to dialogue with us, you can jump into our Facebook group. Find us under Influence in Gen Z on Facebook. Um, we love you guys, and we will talk to you soon. Peace. Later.